Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Yes, hello and welcome to today's show of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. It's on the empowerment channel of Voice America. It's the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows and podcasts. Welcome to all my listeners in the US and Canada, but also in Europe, in Asia. I have seen listeners in China and Vietnam and in Australia. It's so beautiful that this is a global community, people everywhere are retiring, people everywhere want to know how they can make that the best chapter of their life. So anywhere you are and listening to this show, I'm grateful that you do that because it means that you're making time for you to find more out about the topic of retiring. And it's my greatest pleasure to present this series of shows and bring these topics that will help you in planning and preparing for your next chapter. My name is Maria Lucasa and I am excited. I am a certified retirement coach and I help women find joy and meaning in their retirement. And ideally, we do this before starting the next phase in life. So after working for over 40 years, I want to be able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and where I want to do it. And it's going to happen soon. In a couple of days' time, I'm going to retire from my current job, uh, what I do. So uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, At the same time, I also have seen that how opening up about this next chapter has given other women a new perspective about retiring, and I am compelled to use my voice to bring awareness and to motivate women to choose a vibrant lifestyle in their next chapter. And that is, I feel, the legacy that I want to leave. So if you are ready to go from boredom to flourishing in your next chapter, then I have a 90-day group program that you can join. It's starting in June. So um, if you like to get more information about that topic, then please email maria at blissful-retirement.com and I will send you the information on that 90-day group program. So it will help you unlock your activity blocks, turn ideas into action so that you stop spinning and start creating the happy retirement lifestyle that you want for 2023. Yes, welcome, welcome to the show again. And as you know, my first part of the show is I have an affirmation for this month that relates to the topic for today. And the topic for today is about 
sustainable gardening in small places, um, what you can do indoor and outdoor and how you can grow your own vegetables. I am so excited about that topic. I have green fingers, so I it's something I love to do. So um, yes, the affirmation for this week, just in case you don't know what an affirmation is, it's a beginning point on the path to change. In essence, you are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware that there is something I can do to change. And when I talk about doing affirmations, I mean consciously choosing words that will either help eliminate something from your life or help create something new in your life. So affirmations are like seeds planted in soil, poor soil, poor growth, rich soil, abundant growth. The more you choose to think thoughts that make you feel good, the quicker the affirmations work. So for today, I have this affirmation for you. Gardening is learning, learning, learning. That's the fun of them. You are always learning. And this comes from Helen Mirren. And she is a British actress. And I'm pretty sure the majority of us knows Helen Mirren. She is one of those great uh, celebrities and movie stars and actresses who have had a long life and characteristic roles that uh, are really great for women like us in our generation and age group to show what is still possible. So today, like I mentioned already, I am talking to somebody about small gardens and a big harvest. And the name of my guest speaker is Kim Roman. Kim, welcome to today's show. I'm so looking forward to chat with you about um, gardening and growing uh, food that, that I can use. Thank you so much, Maria. I so appreciate this. Just to let you guys know, I um, I did not get my degree. I got my bachelor's degree at 50, started my first business at 51, and now I get to do what I want to do. I teach people how to be self-sustainable through gardening. Wow. Yes. And uh, that's kind of, would be kind of a part of my next <laughs> bio you introduced already a little bit about yourself. Yes, I got my second career or my, my master's degree at 54. So yes, it's never too late to choose something different in your life. And even like you did and I did to go to college and mm-hmm. finish a degree. And um, if you are in your 60s right now why not if you have time if it's something that you're really interested in then um go for it there's so much to learn and you don't have to go if you want to uh, for a a paid solution there's Mm -hmm. many open university type of things where you can do classes for free yeah studying learning is definitely something big uh on my schedule yes learning never uh, stops really you can do that till really old age 
So let me just give a, a really short bio about Kim, uh, what she has given to me. So you have a little bit more background as what she just provided. So yes, Kim is an Air Force brat, she calls herself, a veteran, a military spouse and a former homeschool teacher for her two sons. She's a world traveler and now she's an Oma to three grandchildren. Her passion is teaching small space, high intensive vegetable herb gardening. And her goal is to help you confidently grow your own food. And that's where we will talk about today. As a square food gardening certified instructor, she supports the mission of SFG Foundation, which is Square Food Gardening Foundation, which is to end world hunger. She also teaches veterinary gardening at her local community college and speaks live and online. And she has a book on indoor food gardening, and she's working on a second book. And we will talk about that <laughs> later on, uh, a little bit more on uh, how she came uh, and how you can get hold of those. So welcome, welcome again. It's uh, a topic that I had on my list for speakers for a long time. And I was so happy that I came across your book originally that I thought, oh, she looks great to talk to as you. This is something that you discovered for you have done it all your life, but you discovered now as something in in your retirement, really, isn't it? So that's the beauty of it, uh, that you have retired and you're now talking about this uh, great topic that can be an excellent hobby for anybody. So how really did you get in the thing of small space vegetable gardening. Okay, so um, we were stationed at Fort Meade, Maryland, and um, I was one of the volunteer mayors for our housing area. And another mayor and I approached the commander, and this was in the mid-1980s, and, um, you know, and we asked the commander if we could start a community garden. And, you know, I had checked out the, the original square foot gardening method book at the base library, and it was great. You know, and although there was things like double digging your soil and adding amendments, it really was a lot simpler than creating a row garden. And, um, you know, it was a lot easier than the traditional row gardening. Uh, and things were going really good. and things were growing and the people were growing along with the vegetables. And it was a great, um, a great community with a bunch of great people. And then all of a sudden we found unexploded ordnance in the field where we were working. Whoa. So we had to get out right away and had to abandon the garden. Wow. <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, how many other people have that kind of story? But um, but I knew at that time that square foot gardening itself was really great. And I bought my own copy. And every time I lent the book to someone, it ended up being missing. Nobody could ever find the book again. So so I really, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was kind of how I started on the on my um, exploration of small space gardening. 
Huh. Okay. So yes, in a community garden, all people have their own little space, isn't it? Where they can grow whatever vegetables, herbs, flowers they want to, to grow. But yeah, all in all, you're with people together. So you chat and you talk and you help each other out with seedlings and things like that. That's my my thinking. I know um, I lived in in Europe when I was younger. And I know we had community gardens there, not where my personal family, we had our own garden, but I lived in Hamburg, for example, and I know there were big patches with community gardens for people. They had a little uh, shed in there where in the summertime they would have a coffee or uh, something to drink and enjoy the flowers or whatever they were were growing there. So it's, it's a lovely way of a... Get, find friends who have similar interests as you and talk about um, a, a new hobby. So um, it's, 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 uh, I think it's a great way to be outdoors and, and to be in touch with nature and not just watching uh, when you're walking in the park or in the woods or something like that, but even digging in your hands and feeling the soil yeah so uh, what do you think it's a um another advantage benefit of having a, a garden or a green space or something to do with plants absolutely um i you know i am a firm believer in uh garden therapy and you know i've helped with uh, a couple of organizations that, um, you know, one of them is working with wounded veterans and we integrated garden with their physical therapy and occupational therapy. So, you know, like if they were first starting out and they were in a wheelchair, um, or using a wheelchair, they, they would be able to roll up to a tabletop garden and work. And as they developed, you know, to stronger, we would we could make it more challenging for them. We were exploring like making um, like a climbing rock wall mm -hmm. and they would have to climb in order to water the plants. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So it was. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, yes. integrate it. Yeah. Yes. Integrate it with their therapy. Exactly. I, uh, yeah. That's a cool idea to um, give them a purpose. For doing mm -hmm. something and not just say, hey, climb up here. But if they know, okay, up on top, I can see what I'm growing and yeah. um, maybe um, get some some herbs or vegetables or a carrot, whatever it is yeah. that you're up yeah. there. Yeah, cool. I like that idea. Yes. Yeah. So, and then, you know, it's really funny, really quickly. Um, and, yeah. and actually working in the garden, getting your hands in the soil, there are beneficial microbes that have been found to be as effective as Prozac for depression. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that um, for me, when I go out in the garden, um, it's, it's just I can leave everything else in the house and I'm just there uh, pulling my weeds, planting. I, I, I just got some new uh, annuals for, for my garden here. And so, yes, and I'm, I'm just spacing it out and looking and it's so happy to be out, feel the sun usually. And uh, yeah, it's it, 
totally distracted from whatever is happening in life. It's relaxing. It's when yeah. I, yeah, for me it is. So people who have indeed uh, a tendency to have negative thoughts maybe can find uh, gardening too as a way to change their um, their state of mind. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a small garden here, nothing big, but you are really uh, known for the small space gardening. So would you suggest to just take a smaller piece of the bigger garden to go or, and, and how would you assess where to do that? Uh, do you have any, any ideas on sure? So, so people like when I, when I go to talk, people say, well, I don't need to garden small. I've got a big piece of property. And um, I said, oh, you got a lot of land. Yes. I said, do you have a lot of time? And they said, oh, no, not really. And I said, well, even if you have a, a big space and right now, um, this is the, we recently moved to a, a, an acre and a quarter. And that should be a plenty of room to garden. But, you know, we've had to talking about um, figure out where to plant. I'm surrounded on three sides by woods, thick woods. So most of my land is uh, in shade. I have a little tiny area that gets enough sun to be able to grow, you know, grow food. And also in the front yard, and it happens to be in the front yard, and also in the front yard is where I get my sun. But there is, um, this is the first time we've ever dealt with, um, you know, having a septic system. So the septic field is also out front. And, and so I couldn't, you know, I could not use a rototiller there anyway. But um, again, small space gardening, like square foot gardening is a raised bed method. And, um, you know, so you can make it a lot smaller, just typical, a typical row garden where you rototill and you do a lot of work and you have to, you know, make three or four passes with a rototiller. You have to get soil tests. You know, you have to put three feet between the rows of vegetables so that you can stand there and, and hoe or weed. Uh, you know, so it's very labor intensive mm -hmm. with, you know, square foot gardening or other raised bed forms. You can accomplish that with uh, about 20% of the land space of that row garden and get 100% of the harvest. So you just have to make sure that there's enough sun, um, you know, things like tomatoes and cucumbers, you know, your summer vegetables, they require about six to eight hours of direct sunlight. But, okay. uh, you know, there are a lot of things you can grow in just four to six hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing that probably is is what you need to be aware of. Hey, what can I grow? And how much sun is this spot going to get so that it will grow? And yes, there are differences, of course. Yeah, I, I never consider that usually. I get my little package and I might look at the back and I yeah. think, okay, hmm. But you need to know your garden really well to be able to say okay this spot gets so much sunlight uh, when the sun is out that it will have the six or the eight hours and probably when I started or tried it out say 10 years ago 
I put my spot somewhere where there was not enough sunshine. So that's why it didn't grow. And But thank you for mentioning that. So I will need to shift or move <laughs> my patch somewhere else or cut a couple of the palm trees so that I have more sunshine <laughs> either way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and, 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 you know, you talked about learning, learning, learning. You are never going to know everything about gardening. So just enjoy it. Think of it as an experiment. If it doesn't work, then move it, try something else, try watering differently, you know, something, something like that. But the beauty uh, again of um, square foot gardening and small space gardening is if you've got a really good soil, soil, a growing medium, you can grow in a smaller space. And so obviously with the name square foot gardening, we look at a single square foot. And then we know that you can grow one vining tomato in that square. You could grow two cucumbers because they can be like eight inches apart. You can grow four leaf lettuces because they would be spaced six inches apart. So you would have four of them in a square. And then something like um, a regular sized beet, you can grow nine per square. And then something small like green onions, you can grow a whopping 16 per square foot. Ha. So that's also the way. And you go by the thin two directions on the seed packet. Ah, okay. Um, you see, um, that's the thing. Uh, I probably would just look what is in the package and um, kind of empty the package. Sprinkle, sprinkle, I would sprinkle, yeah. So, yes, uh, and then there wouldn't be enough, especially if you say, okay, there can be only one in the square foot in order to, uh, to grow it, really. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, in a, in a case, like you say, you definitely would be able to grow bigger things too than like squash or melons or something sure. like that. It's just, you need to uh, know where and how. Yes. And that, and that's a great, great thought because um, with square foot gardening, our raised beds are only, only have to be six inches deep. But when you're talking about squash and melons, those are the two items that we've found do a little, little bit better if you do um, an eight inch deep raised bed. And that sounds, you know, sounds goofy. Though. Oh my gosh, that's not enough. If you've got, a, what plants need are moisture and nutrients. And if you provide that in the, the six inches, then it can grow its roots horizontally in the raised bed and you know you and that's enough uh deep or that's uh, enough depth of soil to grow most great crops now since i'm older when we moved i have 2 foot deep raised beds and i put logs and branches and compost and you know, smaller twigs and more compost. And then the top six or eight inches is the good Mel's mix growing medium that we use in square foot gardening. Um, and that is kind of a, a hybrid of another method called Hugelkultur. And that is an Austrian method. It's, it's hill gardening. And, um, so you put all the, the wood and things like that in the bottom of that raised bed and, 
and you're not having to bend over. You've got just your top six inches of soil and it's two feet off the ground. So it's just perfect, you know, cause I understand this aging process, you know, it does not get better with age. We're, we're still going to, you know, we need those concessions um, of the taller raised beds and things like that um, with the squash and the melons specifically you can use just two square feet or three square feet of ground space and grow them vertically on an arch. Ah. And yeah, I did a 28 foot long spaghetti squash plant up a, up an arch and back kind of back over the arch, uh, yeah. 28 feet and only used, you know, two to three square feet of ground space, which is amazing. Yes, yes. Okay. That sounds really interesting. Instead of having an arch of roses or any mm -hmm. other climbing um, uh, plant using um, your, your, your melons to, uh, to grow up there. And uh, they are, uh, yeah, that probably looks much more interesting to many people to see them up in the uh, uh, that high up. It's amazing on my, you know, on my headshot, I have um, an Anne Arundel musk melon, which is the county I used to live in, in Maryland. And it's been grown in that area since like uh, 1700s. And so I'm trying to preserve that type of melon, but it's up on up in the air. So I'm not having to bend over and I'm not having to um, get on the ground in order to cut melons or, or, or small pumpkins or squash. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm glad that you're explaining this um, because many people, especially well, when we get older, we think gardening, it's all on the ground. You know, you have to be able to bend or to s sit for a long time on your knees and things like that. And I know sometimes it's tiring. And uh, when you see how I uh, move around in my garden to, to be able to touch everything, that's uh yeah it takes um uh, a lot of effort you have to be in 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 a physical uh i think in 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 a in a really good condition to be able to do that so with the raised beds and definitely if you talk about the deeper ones so that you don't have to go that low anymore that's what we need if we want to mm -hmm. enjoy it for a longer time yes mm -hmm. i uh I'm glad that you mentioned raised beds don't need to be on the ground. You can have them higher up. It's just you a matter of them on, putting you can have them on legs underneath. on top of a table. Yeah, or on a table yeah. uh, in, in order. And then you still can enjoy your vegetables. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and, and if, if you want to follow up with, uh, with another gardener, I've got a friend who has written a book called The Lifelong Gardener, and her name is Tony Gatoni. And I'll give you her contact information if you want. And she specifically goes towards, you know, the older gardener. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, because even uh, we don't know how this next chapter, how we will involve, mm -hmm. evolve in that next chapter. I mean, at the moment, we all feel, most of us, I hope, feel still fit and, and energetic and, and can do things. But uh, there might be times coming that you still want to be able to attend 
to your own vegetables because that, of course, if you can use them in salads or in uh, in a pasta dish or wherever you want to use them for, then that's, of course, a, a, a nice reward for the time and the work that you put in um, to be able to, to do that. So, yeah, even in your 80s or uh, you should be able, if it's high enough up to 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 have a vegetable uh, garden that uh, that can uh, sustain you in hard times. Um, yeah, yeah. If you uh, and if you choose wisely, then you can have a summer. Well, I I'm in Florida, so mm -hmm. it's fairly uh, hot here. So there's not that much that we can grow, and there's no season really. But yeah. Uh, if you're living up north, you might have a winter and a summer season, so you might be able to grow different things in, in your garden. Absolutely. And one of the classes that I teach that's it's online is my fall and winter gardening without a greenhouse. And that takes you through basically a whole the whole year. I'm in zone 7A in Maryland. And, um, you know, I I has some beautiful things that I just finished harvesting that I grew through the winter. And those were even uh, broccolis and cabbages and things like that uh, as carrots, uh, you know, things and uh, radishes and they, they can grow beautifully. So you've got your cool season, your, and your warm season crops. Um, but for you in Florida, my brother lives in Florida and um, I've taught him how to use shade cloth or shade sails to cover. So he gets a longer growing season. And yes, it's still hot there, but um, he can grow into, you know, farther into the hot season or start a little bit earlier in your guys's fall to, um, you know, like January and stuff. He he's able to start things a lot earlier in the season than he normally would be because it would be too hot. Yeah. 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 That's, that's an other. Yeah. So wherever you are, there are uh, specific conditions that you would need to take in account with the choice of seeds that you, and, and plants that you want to grow. Um, Absolutely. And like you mentioned already, sometimes you can use tricks like the shade sale to mm -hmm. uh, have more shady time without having the direct sunlight on it. Um, yes, I uh, never thought about that to uh, that that could be a reason to use the shade sale uh, in my garden. Yeah, mm -hmm. so cool. Um, yeah, you just need to <laughs> talk to the right people to there you go. <laughs> yes. So and we were talking about the the square foot gardening and we talked already a little bit about growing something vertical uh, because of the the small space that it is besides the melons and the squash what else would you suggest is a is a vegetable that you can grow uh in a vertical way and um how would you suggest to set that up Oh, this is great. That's great because like tomatoes, for instance, there are two main types of tomatoes. One is a bush tomato. And of course it grows, you know, more wide than it does tall, or there are vining tomatoes. 
and the vining tomatoes. You could set up any kind of a trellis and um, just make sure that like a mesh or something like that. I use what's called nylon trellis netting and it's very stretchy. So you could reach in the mesh. There's like huge uh, squares that you can reach your hand into and you can take the tender vines of the ends and you can weave them up to up this trellis and that way you would be able to grow those vertically now you would need to cut these suckers off of them which are like if you think of of a plant growing you've got the main vertical uh branch or stem i should say yeah. like a mm -hmm. like a tree trunk would go yeah. straight up and then you have the branches that go off of them you know roughly at a 90 degree yeah. angle if if you've got somewhere right between the um, stem and the branch, if something starts growing at about like a 45 degree angle and it looks a little bit different, that's called a sucker. And you could pinch that off and that way it's not going to be so bulky on the plant. But um, so it'll keep it nice and tall instead of go growing wide. Okay. And so you could do those, you could do cucumbers, you could do peas and beans, anything that grows vining, um, good, you know, flowers, a lot of vining flowers. Vining flowers. Yeah. Um, I know they are there, but that's something, um, I don't know. I've not never tried to, uh, to grow them. And I, yeah. It's also something, not something that I have included in my cooking skills, you know. So that will be something totally new for me to. Um, so what would be a few easy examples of flowers? Uh, nasturtiums. And those are great because they have that great peppery flavor. So you could use those in cooking or your salads, things like that. Um, easy, believe it or not, roses are fairly easy to grow and they vine up. Um, gee, oh, gosh, there's so many. I just can't think of them right now. Because uh, I don't I'm I'm a food gardener. I'm not a flower gardener. Yeah. So I don't know a lot of things about flowers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. So yeah, so uh, where I originally come from, we had flowers, but they were flowers for in the vase, you know, not yeah, yeah. for in the food. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know there are uh, flowers that indeed you could use for uh, for in, 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 in cooking if you wanted to. Or, Correct. Uh, With the roses, you can use the rose hips, you can use the petals, you can sugar the petals and put them on cakes. You, there's a lot you can do with um, flowers. A, a lot of flowers in the garden are also medicinal. Calendula, that's not necessarily vining, but calendula um, and, oh my gosh, chamomile is oh, an chamomile. herb that yeah. flowers mm -hmm. and you make chamomile tea. Um, and I too have lived, um, you know, I lived a total of nine years in Europe, in Italy and uh, Germany. So, yeah. yeah. Ah. Okay, yeah, you then you know a little bit about gardening if you lived in so many different places and you know uh, that uh, the conditions 
and the, the weather and the soil is different yeah. everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. So, I mean, I grew up in the desert, you know, in Nevada. So I, um, oh, there's, there's a hint. If you, if you're going to grow in, in a drier climate, a hot, dry climate, Texas, I've lived there too. Oklahoma, I've lived there. And, um, you would make your raised bed so that you would have about, you know, six to eight inches of the good soil and then two inches of mulch on top of that. So the water does not evaporate as quickly. Okay. Yeah. Mulch is something that we use here too, because it's, it's just, it's too dry here and too mm -hmm. hot for, uh, for the regular soil then. Uh, um, but yeah, for your garden, uh, your raised bed, you would use um, a specific soil um or yes i mean there is of course a difference of planting things in the ground soil yeah. would you mix that too or how would you go about making a choice so i never use my native soil and if you choose to do this if you want a row garden again you know rototilling pulling the rocks out pulling the weeds out and um, it's a tremendous amount of work. But if you choose to do that, you would need to do a soil test and that you would just contact um, an agricultural university or just look online soil tests. And you have to find out what your soil is deficient in. And then you would have to add a lot of amendments to your native soil. So I don't use that at all. Um, the soil that we use in square foot gardening, we call Mel's Mix, and that's named for the creator and the author of, of the uh, square foot gardening books, Mel Bartholomew. And so it's called Mel's Mix. And it, by volume, it is one third of peat moss or cocoa core, which is uh, C-O-I-R, cocoa core, which is also called cocoa fiber. And... Um, so one third of peat moss or cocoa core, one third of coarse vermiculite. The the coarse or extra coarse or medium are okay to use, but the fine and the extra fine that's what you use to start seeds with. So it's too it's almost like dust. So it's not appropriate to use in that. So again, one third peat moss or cocoa core, one third coarse vermiculite and one third of a really good blended compost. And that would be, um, you know, kitchen scraps, your, your yard debris, some office paper that's shredded, some dried leaves, things like that. And if you aren't able to make your own, look at your bagged compost, flip it over because usually there's, um, peat is listed as, peat moss is listed as one of the top three ingredients. So that's, they're just selling you an expensive bag of peat moss. So you'd be better if you can find a company near you that makes compost. And they could even help you make this Mel's mix. This is not commercially available. If you're lucky enough to live along the I-95 corridor in Maryland and up into southern Pennsylvania and northern Virginia, there's a company called Veteran Compost dot com and they have beautiful mix raised bed mixes that you could use yeah okay because that is the other thing you need to have good soil in order to uh to make it uh grow 
and and grow abundantly so you yeah. can indeed enjoy uh, your labor and like you say indeed um i had a grandpa opa who took care of our garden so yeah he had all the time of the world at that time because we didn't have internet we didn't have cars even and things like that so uh, he had the time to do that but nowadays we don't have that kind of yeah. uh, schedule anymore. And uh, even when we retire, we can't be really busy if we uh, if we want to by um, appointments with doctors, by going grocery shopping, by talking to friends, by yeah. doing all kinds of exercise. I don't know. Um, at least when I look at my schedule or my thoughts for when I retire, I know I, I'm going to be busy. Oh, yeah. They on a day with different things as when I'm busy with work. So well, we had to we had to postpone this for a couple of hours because I'm helping my daughter in law start a nonprofit. You know, so you just but but I've got to tell you with small space gardening, you know, again, like like square foot gardening or raised bed gardening. I only work about 10 minutes a day in the garden and you can certainly set set aside 10 minutes to take care of a garden and that's pruning and watering and things like that because everything's so close together um you know it's 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 really a lot easier than than going out a full blown in ground row garden yes 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 so um I I definitely uh like to um uh, experience that so my question now is so once i have planted everything everything that um uh, grows will be ready at a different time depending on how long yes. it needs to to get to fruit and uh or vegetables but um once you have used say you 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 said you could do two cucumbers in a square garden so once mm -hmm. your two cucumbers are gone, how do you get more? Will they? Um, yeah. So each, you will have to learn the habits of each fruit or vegetable that you grow. And even tomatoes. Some tomatoes are meant to be grown in like Minnesota with a very short season. And they would be ready after you've transplanted them. They would be ready in about 55 days. There are other tomatoes that are meant to grow in longer seasons, and they could take up to 120 days to grow. So that's 55 or 120 is a huge difference. So you have to learn with uh, how the, le the length of time or the days to maturity for each plant that you grow. And in a strategy, there's a great strategy. Early in the season, like I can grow four leaf lettuces in one square foot. Mm -hmm. Then after that's done, I would pull those out and I could be ready with a pepper transplant. And I would put it in that same square. I would add more compost to stir it up to refresh the nutrients in the soil, put in that pepper transplant and let that grow over the summer. And then when that's done, I can pull that out, add more compost, and I could be ready to grow uh, radishes okay. for the fall. So you've used the one square three times during a season. So this is more of a mental strategy. Yeah. 
in this method that <laughs> yes. then you know that yeah or you could just use the, the the square for one part of the season and that's up to you yes 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 i i uh, i like how you explain that that you can change whatever you are growing in that specific square foot up to whatever is in season mm-hmm. and what also what you like uh to eat probably also a little bit but that's indeed how you yes. can go with the seasons too that you can say okay yeah this is uh, actually something for um, spring and summertime and mm-hmm. like you mentioned cabbage usually is a winter vegetable so correct yeah yeah and, but with uh, the, go back to go back to your cucumber though um the cucumber specifically as soon as the cucumbers are, you know, small, you, you always want to actually harvest a lot of your vegetables small. We call them like gourmet size. For your zucchini, you know, one day it's it's six to eight inches t- long, and the next day you go out and it's the size of a baseball bat. <laughs> so it's better to harvest it when it's six to eight inches long. But but with the cucumbers, you want to harvest continuously because if you don't harvest, the plant will think that um, it's going to die. So it'll go to seed. And um, But if you continue to pick the cucumbers, more flowers will come out and you'll get more cucumbers. That's the same with peas and beans. You have to continuously harvest, but that's not true for all vegetables. So again, you you do have to study what vegetables you're growing yeah oh i that's the exciting piece to figure out uh hey what can i do in in my environment uh, where i live uh so and 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 uh, how will they grow and it's it's just like like a child kind of yeah. thing to uh, uh you use the word experiment already yes mm-hmm. it's it's just putting it in and uh yeah and every day go and water it a little bit and talk to it and say hey go do nice something like that so yes yeah. it's it's uh i think um it will uh, even with 10 or 15 minutes if you want you could do it for half an hour you know if you can Absolutely. spend it out uh the way you want and you can do it like you say you can do it outdoors you can do it on the balcony mm-hmm. uh or in um uh, a veranda or whatever it is where you um, if you want to do it indoors uh, type of thing yeah I, uh, I, I I totally see that happening here too when, once I start getting my cucumbers I will let you know ha, that it <laughs> is working uh, and, yeah so um, you have written a book about indoor food gardening how did you come to writing that book and why specifically about indoor well there's a there's a couple reasons um actually a friend of mine um asked me if i if i knew how to grow grow things indoors and i said oh yeah i've done it for years because i volunteered for two different nonprofits. the first one resettled refugees and usually the first place that they found a, a home to live in they were put into motel rooms so they didn't have access to um to growing outdoors they did not even usually have a vehicle so they couldn't even participate with a um with a community garden 
So we worked with them to do that. And then the second nonprofit was with a veterans group. And we went to um, a veterans assisted living facility. And we were looking at ways that they could grow indoors because some of them were bedridden. Um, others, you know, we got them outside when we could because that's absolutely the best with that good vitamin D from the sunshine. But when they couldn't, we, we got, uh, we found, we never got to implement it. It, uh, ended too soon, but we found this double sided vertical, uh, planter on wheels that could be used indoors. And we, instead of growing flowers, because some of them had dementia and they would just put everything in their mouth, yeah. we did herb gardening and food gardening. So lettuces and, and that did, you know, their body really good anyway. But um, so that was also done indoors. And we needed to, of course, supplement the lighting on some of the things. Um, others you did not, you could just roll it to a window. And but I got really interested and really good at gardening food indoors. Now, a friend of mine that has a seed company, I asked her uh, to interview her for the book. And she said, well, you know, I've never seen anybody really grow really good food indoors. And then when I showed her my setup and how I was using her seeds to grow tomatoes and cucumbers and things like that indoors, she said, okay, I'm on board with this. Uh, so <laughs> so it, it, you really can. Are you going to be able to feed the whole family? No, you're not. But you can have um, lettuces and herbs and greens and root vegetables. And if you invest in lighting, you can do the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the eggplants, things like that. And I always do, suggest container varieties, dwarf varieties, anything called mini. Um, yeah. So just look out to see how big the plant itself gets. And if they're quick growing, even better, like the tomatoes, I would grow the 55 day ones and not the 120 day yeah. varieties. Um, yeah. But you, you know, you, you can grow a lot more than you think indoors. Yeah. Except, oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, to, for those last few tips on uh, looking for your plant size, as well as uh, how fast they will uh, grow to maturity and you can really use them. So that gives you an idea uh, how long uh, you have to wait to see the result of, of what's <laughs> happening or that you can say, oh, this is not working. What, uh, what do you do wrong? Did I, you give them too much water or not enough water or are they not in the sun? Whatever it is that I need. And you could adjust it if you say, okay, in 55 days, you probably will notice if it is growing uh, mm -hmm. kind of normal uh, or not. But um yeah. So awesome. Awesome. So yeah, you have a book and it's called how to garden indoors and grow your own food year round. So my guess is it, uh, it is available on the regular, uh, places on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you know, go to your local library and see if they have it. If they don't ask them to order it, if you go to your favorite independent bookstore, ask them to order it for you. But yeah, yeah it's available many places. Okay. And it's not just 
um, here in the U.S. My guess is that mm -hmm. people yeah. in other countries would be able to find them as well as long as they uh, have access either to a, a good bookstore who can order it or they can uh, go online and, and, and do this. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, usually um, listeners want to get in touch with um, the speaker because it's so interesting what we have been talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell the listener where, uh, how they can get in touch with you, where they can find you, what your website is, um, sure. so that um, they know? Um, okay. So my website is SFG, like in square foot gardening, yeah. SFG, the number four and the letter U sfg4u.com oh. and i am on several different social media platforms my biggest one is tiktok oh and really you can find me tiktok um facebook instagram i don't really twitter i don't pinterest very much but if you use the at symbol at square foot gardening the number four the letter u or you use the at symbol your indoor food garden and that's all one word all jammed together you can find me on most platforms okay okay that's good to know uh i will i'm, I'm not on tiktok uh, i've not gotten to that many there's so many different ones uh yeah. I, I just can't keep up with all of it so Correct. um but yes there might be ladies listening who indeed are on TikTok and would be able there to find you and see um, some of the the trainings, the videos, whatever you post there on this particular topic. So my last question is, you are uh, thinking or actually doing already writing a second book. So where is that going to go about? It's going to be in the, available in the same places, but I always wanted a big medicinal garden, but that's just never going to happen. But I started researching culinary herbs. These are the herbs you cook with every day, your parsley, your rosemary, your sage, your lavender, you know, those have medicinal properties also, or wellness properties. I'm not going to use the word medicinal. So the next book is on culinary herbs for wellness and cooking and crafting and even your um, household pets and homestead animals because we have we now have chickens and goats so. okay okay yeah that sounds really interesting because like you hear uh, one of my other hobbies is cooking even if it's yeah. Just simple meals, but uh, I'm not big in spices and and all that kind of things. I rather mm -hmm. use herbs when I when I cook. And yeah. if I can have fresh basil, or um, I would call it petersilly, but I don't know the English word yet right now. Well, uh, parsley. Ah, yes, parsley. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, for when I when I make a stew or make soup or something, uh, yeah. yes, I, I it it gives a really great taste to to what I'm doing. So yes, herbs are definitely piece of my uh, my green thumb here. Uh, for oh, if you are a green thumb, if you're a green thumb, I got to tell you, you need to order in the fall. You need to order fall crocus, not the regular crocus that you, that pops up in the spring, but fall 
saffron crocus. If you love saffron, you know how expensive it is and you can grow it. Just put the little bulb or corm. It's actually a corm, not a bulb, but you put that in the ground and it, you get, you get saffron from it and then you divide it after a few years and you get more and more and more. Okay. 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 That sounds something interesting because I, I like, um, Indian or Indonesian food. So yep. yeah, and, and saffron would be really great uh, add in for that kind of uh, uh, cooking. Yes, delicious. So I'm so glad that we and you uh, had time today to chat about how um, to grow um, vegetables and herbs in a garden, in a small space garden, and have the joy of uh, seeing it grow and cultivating it and uh, cutting it out and chopping it up for uh, for some delicious food later. So uh, I appreciate that very much. And I'm definitely going to look uh, on your website. I think you have a couple of classes uh, that I might just uh, try to... Uh, to follow, to do, uh, so that when I come back from my vacation, I can start um, kind of from scratch with this new hobby from from my retirement, upcoming retirement. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Okay. Listeners, as always, time has flown by uh, about topic that um, is interesting to me. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation too today and that there were some tips and ideas that you can use for your own life. Um, if you're working still and retiring soon or that you have retired already and think of how can I uh, do this in in my um, space, um, no matter if it's on a, in a, an apartment with a balcony or that you have a small patch outdoors. So thank you for listening. Um, we will be back in about four weeks and the show is always released on the last Wednesday of the month. So this is... Um, now um, May show. So we will be back in June with a different topic and a different speaker. And I would love for you to uh, leave a comment if you can on any of the big uh, podcast channels like iTunes um, so that we know that you liked it. If you want to get in touch with me, I, um, my email address is maria at blissful-retirement.com if you have any questions about the show, have recommendations, or if you want to participate in the 90-day program that I'm offering for starting in June. So I wish you all a wonderful rest of the day and take care till next time. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.